0: The vibe of that song this morning. It's a Friday morning, and we are so glad to have you back with us again as we made it through another work week. And uh, of course, it's a week off of school for students and teachers, the February break. Speaking of teachers, we are going to be discussing things with STF President Samantha Beecot coming up in a second. But first, a couple other things we've got going on on the show. I'm a big fan of Todd Hirsch, he writes for the Globe and Mail. Some of his his articles, as columns, are just brilliant in how they're written. And he recently talked about when politicians talk about economics, they actually aren't focused on economics. They're focused on politics, ideology, social issues, and culture. And there's a real danger to this twist that we're hearing that is being put on economics. So Todd Hirsch is going to join us a little bit later on this morning and set things straight there. Of course, we're heading into a weekend that is known as... Telemiracle weekend here in Saskatchewan. So we've got the chair of this year's event joining me today. And of course, Friday means bugs and hugs. That's coming up at 10 o'clock. Time now for the Big Talker. Let's get out of this, Michelle. Welcome. Let's begin. The Evan Bray Show, The Big Talker. Well, as the week off school wraps up, that means everybody's back to school on Monday and uh, teachers are still. No further ahead in their battle with the province to try and reach a collective agreement. We've talked a lot about that. Yesterday, we had Jamie Smith-Windsor on the show. She's the president of the Saskatchewan School Boards Association. She came out with some comments around classroom complexity, again stating that she didn't feel it belonged in the collective agreement. But she also sided with the STF in saying that she believes the province is not properly funding education, and talked a little bit about where she thought that needed to go. So I wanted to get STF President Samantha Beecott back on this morning to talk about that. And, of course, the release that they did this week, we talked about this yesterday, about violence in the classrooms. And so this is a great time to check in with Samantha Beecott, President of the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation, who joins us now. Thanks for being on the show again, Samantha. No problem. Happy to be here, Evan. So I had Jamie Smith Windsor on yesterday, president of the Saskatchewan School Boards Association, and she said that classroom complexity is absolutely an issue that needs to be addressed and it needs to be funded properly. It is not being funded properly now. However, she thinks it needs to be handled outside of the bargaining process. I can't imagine you're surprised by that.
1: No, not really surprised, but definitely disappointed. We have uh, essentially wasted seven years with um, committees over the last two uh, contract agreements. That nothing substantial has come out of, and the minister has even said that that the the results coming from the committee haven't been. Um, the meaningful recommendations that he would have hoped to have seen after such a, a significant amount of time. And so we need to find solutions now and we need to see real commitments from this government. So it's disappointing to see that the SSBA isn't acting independently from government because um, that's their role to advocate. And as you said, their their messaging is aligned with our messaging, um, aside from where that Commitment occurs, but we need somewhere to make the commitment where government uh, can be held accountable to that funding.
0: So you know, I, I, if I reflect on the conversation with Jamie Smith Windsor yesterday, I think she feels as if those collaborative, consultative talks were successful. That there was some action items that came out of the committee that was formed in the last round of bargaining, and and that's why she's hoping that we now create space and budget to make those and implement those decisions. But you're saying not the case.
1: No. um, And even like I said, even the minister of education said that um, he could have written all of the recommendations prior to even coming into the portfolio of education. There's nothing new that was uh, really revolutionary about class size and complexity that was coming out of that report. And, and I mean, even with the provincial education plan, year after year we are saying any plan that we put forward with education needs to come with a commitment uh, to be funded and this government continues to refuse to make those commitments and so uh, as i said that is why we need to have something in our provincial collective agreement um, that holds government accountable to funding and holds school boards accountable to directing those funds um, to our classroom if we're all committed to working towards improving class size and complexity, this isn't something that should be uh, such a sticking point. We know that it happens in other provincial agreements and in other provinces with teachers. um, And so I don't know why it is such a... Uh, such a, a fight here in Saskatchewan to ensure predictable and sustainable funding and ensure that our kids are getting the support that they need
0: we 're chatting with Saskatchewan Teachers Federation President Samantha Beecott before we leave this this topic, of course you know i 'll interview you I will talk with uh, Minister Cockrell just yesterday talked with the Saskatchewan School Boards Association, but the listeners and I we talk about it nonstop. We, I feel like this has been a conversation that we've had now for the better part of two months. And inevitably, lots of different questions come up and listeners will say, like, what specifically could be put in a collective agreement that would address not only the complexity of the issues, but the variety of issues that we see in a province as big as Saskatchewan? Is there any specifics you can share with us in terms of proposals that you think could cover that?
1: yeah so our our opening proposal, I think I've shared with you as well, was very comprehensive, um but it was intended to be a baseline, so it still would provide uh, local school boards with flexibility to uh, adjust where they. They felt necessary. So it included things like, um, appropriate class size ratios or, or, potential kind of baseline class size ratios, ratios for professional supports like mental health counselors, speech language pathologists, occupational therapists, um, educational assistants. Um, and so that was, that was kind of our, our opening position. And then, as I said, it was intended as a, a baseline, a minimum standard so that families moving across the, the province, as we know a lot of people move to different areas of the province, they should be able to expect um, kind of a minimum standard of supports within the schools that they are traveling to or moving to. Um, but also it could just be that commitment to funding and a mechanism to ensure that uh, teacher voice is included into the conversations about uh, where those funds are going to be directed to and what supports are needed in, in those local areas.
0: STF President Samantha Beecot, my guest. Okay, I want to shift gears. This week, one of the news conferences that you held, you featured different scenarios where violence has erupted, whether it be in the classroom or just in the school setting, could be in the hallway, whatever the case may be. I have to tell you, Samantha, I, I mean, I am actually shocked and aghast at some of the things that was revealed and I, and I realize you you probably picked some of the you know the more serious ones but teachers jaws being broken noses broken black eyes bruises it is to me an absolute nightmare that this stuff is happening in the school now uh, you know it to me it it entrenches my support for teachers but it also makes me question when i hear a teacher who has been the victim of an aggravated assault which is what some of those assaults were. They were described, they are aggravated assaults that serious jail time should be attached to. And I hear the teacher who's the victim say, but I don't blame the student. Samantha, I don't get it. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I I'm, I recognize your position, and again, it is it is because teachers care so much about their kids, and they recognize the the broken system that these uh, students have been placed in, and the lack of supports that are provided to prevent those uh, instances from happening. And I mean, when you're talking about jail time, you're not going to throw a five-year-old or a six-year-old into jail who um, gets frustrated and and uh, exhibits the behaviors. Uh, that goes along with those frustrations because they don't have the skills necessary to to manage it. We need to have the supports in schools that so that students, young people—we're not talking about teenagers in all of these instances—and um, even teenagers—they they should be given the opportunities to learn the skills necessary um, to to be able to manage their emotions and and understand their emotions and then communicate them in an appropriate way and not through behaviors and. Um I mean, I have kids of my own. I see them get frustrated, um, and and I understand that that uh, those frustrations sometimes they come out in behaviors, but it's not a conscious decision that they're making to to have those behaviors. they're coming out of frustration.
0: So you know i I do not want a province where any teacher is being assaulted. I don't want that. That's not the province I live in. That's not the expectation I have for teachers. In my mind, Samantha, there's a big difference between a five-year-old having a temper tantrum and a kid in grade seven breaking the jaw of a teacher. And you know, I like, and I said this yesterday. My, my wife's a school teacher. We got into a, a discussion where we had to agree to disagree because Jody said the same thing. You are. She said, mm-hmm. you know, we have to find a way to provide supports. How much money, and how can money? dedicated to complexities in the classroom prevent what I consider to be criminal behavior that needs to be, I'm sorry, that's bad behavior that needs to be dealt with. And I don't want those kids in a school with my children or other children, if that's the kind of behavior they're going to display that I just, I'm still having a really tough time.
1: Yeah. And I mean that, that grade seven student was once a kindergarten student who maybe this displayed some some frustration through their behaviors and should have had the supports in kindergarten and 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 i mean it is by no choice of that student that they have not received the supports that they have a right to in our public education system so that they know how to to react in situations appropriately and and like we have said and, and teachers have said it is it is not this isn't coming out of one year this is coming out of a decade of decisions that this government has made to underfund education and we hear year after year school divisions and school boards having to make decisions about what supports are being cut and so yeah there is a difference between a a five-year-old and a 12-year-old uh, in, in grade 7, but that 12-year-old was once 5, and, and they have gotten to that point because our school division, our school uh, system, and our government has failed them in providing them the supports that they need to be successful.
0: You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm having a conversation like I did at home the other night, <laughs> because, you know, I I have a couple of very close friends who have children with autism, one of them has a child in high school one of them in what i'll call middle years i think grade 7 and there there is no doubt that uh these great children have from time to time situations where they you know they get frustrated for a variety of reasons their parents are working diligently at home so after school hours to ensure that they're continuing to get supports and and nurtured the way they need to be and and then of course that that follow-up is expected and needs to happen at school. There's there's a lot of kids who it's not about being autistic. It's not about, it could be about, you know, some real crappy things that are happening in their home life, but their home life doesn't give them the support they need. Are we going to fix it by investing in the schools when after the bell rings and they head home, they're back in an environment that no in no way nurtures them or solves the social challenges that they are being confronted with?
1: um i I recognize there are definitely some complex situations across the province, but it all comes down to ensuring that our kids are well supported through that pre k to twelve education system i mean i I as a teacher we as teachers cannot um necessarily impact what what they're going home to, but we can support them to know that um i mean the, the Potential cycles of abuse or cycles of poverty, um, that they can then break that uh, as they as they become an adult and that that is the goal of all of this is to provide children provide our students with um, the skills and the knowledge and uh, the supports that are necessary so that they can be um, successful in, in their adulthood and, and as they continue to live, hopefully, here in Saskatchewan um, and contribute to uh, a positive society uh, for everyone.
0: STF President Samantha Becott, we're we're officially out of time, but in 30 seconds, you've got a news conference today at 1030. What can we expect there?
1: Um, Well, as you said, there's a news conference. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about um, what we have shared over the week, so a little bit of a recap of what we've had a conversation with today, Um, and then uh, a little bit of what to expect in in the weeks to come.
0: More sanctions? More sanctions on the way?
1: We will see. I guess you'll have to tune in in the news conference.
0: Thanks for your time and support this morning, Samantha. Thank you, Evan. Samantha Beecott, who is the president of the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation. And again, a news conference is held at 1030 today. Information that is going to be sent out is embargoed until a certain time. So you can uh, stay tuned here and we'll keep you up to date. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Friday morning, and I thank you for joining me. You know, when I was kind of in the process of sliding into this chair, I spent a lot of time with John Gormley. And John told me he says, you know, there's going to be times when you're on the air, and you're going to be so worked up over an issue, you're going to forget you're on the air. It happened to me this morning. It ha—it's it, the first time that I really feel like I'm—I'm I'm getting worked up over this violence in the classroom thing. I feel like we don't necessarily have the proper solution, or we're trying to—we're trying to pick a solution that I'm not convinced is going to work. And then I realize, oh yeah, we're we we got to go to we gotta go to the news right away. We got anyway, I wanna continue this conversation. I know you have thoughts on this. And, and I'd love to know what you feel the solution is for this escalating violence in our schools. 877 332 8255 We are gonna take a quick break. We got the news coming up, and then when we come back for half an hour, you and I will talk. Violence in schools. What do you feel is the solution? It's not good. There's problems. I'm just not convinced throwing money at it is going to fix all of them. I think we need a stiffer hand in terms of how we're going to deal with, especially some of these serious offenses. So you and I talk violence in schools next one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five right here on six fifty c k o m and nine eighty c j m e